All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the project on its lifelong marathon. I'm Roy here with a, another video, and this time it's behind the scenes, not a reaction on this marathon. Um, we just finished a video on reaction to Studio Gek, and uh, no, two, two, re two reactions, like a group reaction to a reaction to Attack on Titan with the guys at Studio Gek, and uh, had a good time. And then at the very end, after that, um, made a video, uh, mostly, uh, at least half of it is mostly uh, exclusive, but it's on video editing uh, to shorts, uploading to YouTube shorts and TikTok videos, as well as editing on ClipChamp. And um, right now, so after a video on behind the scenes and two on reactions to shows with a bunch of guys, um, to a bunch of guys, not with them, um, this video is focused mostly on the remaining piece of heavy content material that I want to get out of the way and finished uh, before I start to go on a marathon with studio reacting to studio Gex reactions. So reactionception, I like to call it. So the heavy stuff out of the way, this has a lot to do with an origin story and uh, by origin story, I mean a little bit of my background. Um, it's quite personal. I will say that um, I won't be touching too much on my personal experience and personal story here. I will try to limit it because I know, you know, as with anyone, we have a long, very long novel autobiography of anyone's life. And it's not, I don't feel like it's uh, appropriate for me uh, at this current stage to divulge that kind of information because it just bore a lot of you guys. It's not, it's too much. And I want instead try to stay focused on the topics at hand. Uh, just a quick um, note that, of course, a lot of this stuff is extremely rela relatable and is therefore the reason why I'm covering this in the first place. Uh, it was the reason why I covered it. I, I ended up searching this up and, uh, you know, joining the communities, the subreddits, uh, precisely because it was uh, this related and relevant to my uh, upbringing. And so without further ado, let's just dive right into it, okay? This is a continuation of uh, yesterday's recording, which would probably be like four days time at least. Um, pre-uploaded uh, from the moment that you may see this video so that was a slightly heavy one uh, that video um, continues uh, on the marathon continues from a, a myth-busting video on general anxiety disorder GAD as well as MDD major depressive disorder so depression and anxiety for short but except the, the actual clinical diagnostic disorders that are severe enough in nature, in breadth, and horizontally um, in, in depth, in vertically in depth. So we're not just talking about, you know, oh, I got depressed or oh, I'm anxious for my interview. Right? We're talking about severe, consistent, persistent symptoms of anxiety and uh, depression that are incredibly lingering and difficult to address and remove through one's own agency and um, are tied per pervasively throughout, you know, your entire day, week, month, over the long-term duration, uh, despite having lots of plenty positive experiences. So it's really got nothing to do with what you're experiencing in the moment, as much as it does with your physiology and your behaviors and your attitudes. And, um, okay. So that's uh, a video that we covered, and in that video we covered, uh, we went to Cam H, right? So let's just kind of go here, Center of Mental Health Addiction, Center for Addiction Mental Health, we went to Cam H. They gave a blog on um, major depression, 
um, and then they also we also went to the AS AACS or something like that um, on anxiety generalized anxiety disorder no. I, I, it won't show up here general there we go generalized anxiety disorder but it was by a different organization and both of them were were links um, coming from so I'm trying to collect myself a little bit better I noticed that uh, I'm a little bit out of breath partly because of the nature of the content but also and its relatability but also because of me just having eaten some stuff and worked out so give me five seconds okay there we go so those were two organizations uh, the American Association for Anxiety and Depression and then the Central um, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, one in Canada, one in America. And uh, those were links from, professional links from this source here. So this subreddit that we covered in brief, we said, our oh, subreddit are depression because nobody should be in a dark place alone. And it's a summary of what is depression, but also what it isn't. And they list all these different things, anxiety, tra developmental trauma, ADHD, suicidality, self-harm. This one is very, very, it's very relevant to me. So CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, relationship issues, societal cultural issues, bereavement losses. Summary goes down. Okay, uh, only this community topic is only in depressive mood disorders, usually grouped under the term depression. But of course, people use the term depression vernacularly in the ordinary sense. So, it isn't common. Many people speak about depression as depressing and describe normal. Uh, it's depressed, but it's not quite right. So they had all these links here, and we went down here. Other mental health issues, anxiety disorders, social anxiety, bipolar. We're just going to start running, them, running through them. And then somewhere along the lines, I think we will see the links that we were linked to. So let's practice a little bit of essentially reading. Let's do a five-second visual reading here and try recall. Well, we don't have to do that because then it would be quiet, right? I was trying to do is uh, essentially every morning I kind of run this routine where I practice um, doing speed reading, um, practice space recall, I mean space repetition and active recall, um, two methods of learning. Uh, we're going we're gonna to avoid doing that actually after all, but it's just I got in the habit of doing that because I noticed that there was just so much here to read. Um, let's just read out loud then. So summary. And we're gonna skip. We're gonna skip across different paragraphs, which explains what depression is and isn't to help understand the experience <coughs> and find the right place for support for what you need right now. <coughs> Sorry, it's just I shouldn't have eaten those like peanuts. Depression isn't easy to describe because it looks different in different people at different times. Most important thing to keep in mind is that all forms of depression are not moods, they're mood disorders. It's not about feeling sad about something, it's feeling sad, no more hopeless, and some combination of all of these things about everything. And in a way that doesn't respond to things that normally trip people up. Mm -hmm. Here are a few of the best online resources we can find about what depression is, what it isn't, and how it can look to different people. <laughs> Types of depression. Okay, so we can follow some of these links here. The 10 most common depressive disorders. So we have clinical depression, dysthemia, manic depression, postpartum depression, seasonal depression, psychotic depression, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, atypical depression, situational depression, disruptive mood, 
and dysregulation disorder. Okay. Major types. Clinical. Major depressive episode. Some freelance questions. Dysthemia. Persistent depressive. Long-term, last years, interfere daily life, working relationships. Pessimistic, gloomy reality, dealing with a chronic mental illness. Not severe, but evokes feelings. Okay. High-functioning depression. Chronic nature. Okay. Manic depression. Bipolar disorder. Wow, bipolar disorder is a manic depression. It's manic depression. Sometimes referred to as manic depression. Extreme fluctuations. Suicidal thoughts that change over to feelings euphoria in this energy. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, postpartum, peripartum depression. Sad. Baby blues. Interesting. I'm learning a lot here. I might just want to copy this. Uh, seasonal affective disorder, sad, of course. Yeah. Psychotic depression. Jeez, this one's kind of dangerous. False beliefs, illusions, psychosis, suspicion of others, withdrawing socially, intense, inappropriate emotions, trouble thinking clearly, decline personality, gene performance works. Schizophrenia is a psychotic illness. Premenstrual, dysphoric, hormonal mood disorder, PMS. Severe and disabling form of premenstrual syndrome. Atypical depression, one of the most prominent types. Specifier, subtype that describes a pattern of depression symptoms. Situational, this is starting to get a little bit vague here. I'm going to be totally honest here. Oh, adjustment disorder. Definitely heard of that one though. Short-term stress-related depression. Traumatic event, seriously, okay. Adjustment disorder. Stems from a person's struggle to come to terms with changes that have occurred. And finally, disruptive mood dysregulation. Fairly recent diagnosis, appearing for the first time in 2013. Interesting. DSM-5 as a form of depressive disorder.
chronic and severe. So this is where the children grow out of it. Interesting. This is super interesting. I didn't know there were that many different types. And uh, honestly, I'm still a little bit skeptical, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. Because uh, I, I think it's fair to say that um, this is just a little much depression. So disorder types. Okay, so why don't we go back here? Oh, I said go back there. Okay. Here are the rules, by the way. On the right-hand side, create a post for peer support. I'm struggling with depressive disorder. Stay on topic, like that. Must require personal support. Our replies will be empathetic and responsive. No tough love or debate. Um, and, you know, it goes down all the way through the rules. No self-promotion or of any kind, including creative writing. Do not request or offer money, goods, or blah, blah, Okay. Other, oh, the mess, the mods. And then, uh, okay. So, what it isn't, um, we just went to Psycom. That took a little too long. So, anxiety disorders. It's not, you know, it's clearly not anxiety disorders, but dangerous but common misconceptions of anxiety. And this list is the best they found. And it brings us to what I said the other day the ADAA, right? The American and Depression, the Anxiety and Depression Association of. America, and then they list all the myths. Following through down, we have social anxiety, anxiety and bipolar disorder, which is a mood disorder. Now we realize that bipolar is also manic depression, same thing, didn't realize that. Trauma, developmental trauma. This one is the one that hits really close to home. Obviously there's a risk of comorbidity as I've has been mentioned to me from my psychiatrist. So it's possible I may have other risk factors like a combination of ADHD with it. But um, that le that led me to develop certain traits. But uh, CPTSD is only one of the things that I may have. But uh, needless to say, many people with history of trauma struggle with depressive symptoms. But that doesn't mean that necessarily they have uh, depressive disorder. And so, you know, developmental trauma, um, complex PTSD, childhood PTSD, is especially frequently misunderstood and misdiagnosed. Um, with depression. It's the result of ongoing stress rather than a specific incident or episode and most often abuse or neglect and in early life. Okay. To learn more, you can go to Pete Walker's CPTSD FAQ, uh, the crappy childhood fairies. Uh, do you have childhood PTSD page? So let's take a look at these very relevant for me, obviously. Crappy childhood fairy. She has her own YouTube channel. That is a, uh, real a study a score accepted diagnosis used in cases where I'm trying to hold it um, chronic ongoing exposure living through war being abuse relation huge area uh, of research and advocacy a study adverse childhood experiences depression anxiety smoking addictions eating disorders violent behavior violent relationship
very interesting. Okay, so we can close this. And then Pete Walker, of course, his book on complex PTSD. Traumatologist, I didn't know that's a word. John Breyer said to equipped that if complex, complex PTSD were ever given its due, that is, if the role of, that is, if the role of dysfunctional parenting in adult psychological disorders were ever fully recognized, the DSM used by all mental health professionals would shrink to the size of a tiny pamphlet. Shit. Wow. If complex PTSD were ever given its due, where fully recognized DSM and all mental disorders, which shrink to the size of a tiny pamphlet, it currently resembles a large dictionary. <laughs> In my experience, many clients with complex PTSD misdiagnosed with various anxiety and depressive disorders, as well as bipolar, narcissistic, codependent, and borderline disorders. Yeah. Anxiety, depressive, bipolar, narcissistic, codependent, borderline. Further confusion arises in the case of ADHD, as well as obsessive-compulsive, uh, excessive fixated flight response to trauma. Yeah. Also true of ADD, attention deficit, and some dissociative disorders, which are similarly ex excessive fixated freeze responses to trauma. It's not to say that those so diagnosed do not have issues that are similar and correlative relative but that the labels are incomplete and unnecessarily shaming descriptions of what the client is afflicted with calling complex ptsd panic disorder so calling food allergies chronically itchy eyes <laughs> over focusing treatment on the symptoms all right does let's get to the cause User-friendly ego has room to grow. Salvation fantasy that we will never have another flashback. How'd I get it? The genesis of complex PTSD often associated with extended periods of ongoing physiosexual childhood. Uh, verbal emotion also cause it. Long term can create, uh, yeah. Okay. React contemptuously. Toxic cocktail. Okay. I like it. We'll say this page. Complex post traumatic disorder. Learning a lot. Uh, raised by narcissists, the subreddit, and okay, out of the storm, and Gabor Mate on attachment versus authenticity. So I think what we can do is can we we can react to it right now, um, since we're on the notion of CPTSD, and uh, I should pull up right here. It's a Gabor Mate. Oh, for some reason it's not here. Uh, must be on this side then. 
There we go. So there's a link here. And we're just going to listen to it, all right? So, Gabriel Mate. When a child is born, the child has two needs. The first need is for attachment. And attachment is contact, connection, love. Uh, He's a very drippy person. <laughs> without that, the He's also very stoic. He's someone who seems very, quote-unquote, enlightened. The child does not survive. Any, any mammalian child, or even an avian child, doesn't survive. So that as soon as you get past the level of reptiles, the reptile is, is hatched. The mother's long gone by then, and the reptile infant either lives or dies, but there's no attachment to a parenting figure. As soon as you get to the level of birds now, the baby bird has to be a, have an attachment with the parents. The parents have to be attached to the baby. Otherwise, the infant simply does not survive. Mammalians even more so, and most so the human, because we're the least developed, the least mature, with the least developed brains, and the most dependent for the longest period of time of any creature in the universe. So our attachment Damn. needs are enormous, and they remain important throughout lifetime because we have to have attachments to form societies, social groups, without which we don't survive. So attachment is a huge need. Basically, um, human beings are possibly the most, quote-unquote, codependent. I'm using this word in a very uh, inappropriate way, I suppose. But we're very dependent on each other, more so than other animals would be, uh, cannot survive without one another. Be able to connect belong, be loved by, and love. That's just a basic human need. But we have another need as well, which is for authenticity. Authenticity is the capacity, as I said earlier, to uh, know what we feel, to be in touch with our bodies, and to be able to express who we are and manifest who we are in our activities and in our relationships. Now, why is that? Well, think of a human being in the evolutionary period who's not in touch with their body and their gut feelings. How long do they survive out there in the wild? So authenticity is another huge survival need. Great. So far, so good. But what happens to a child where the attachment... In conflict. Attachment and authenticity are not in... Are not in... I can't find the word. There's a word for it. It's not compatible with the need for authenticity. Compatible, right. They're not compatible. In other words, if I'm authentic, my parents will reject me. That's exactly what I experienced all throughout my entire life, even to this day, sometimes, you know. Obviously, now it's a lot better, but uh, to be honest, I don't, ref I don't refer to them as parents, right? Like, I don't use that word. Um, they're just birth givers, as far as I'm concerned. If I feel what I feel. And they were more like the children that I had to take care of my entire life. So, real shit. Feel and express what I feel. And I'll insist on my own truth. My parents can't handle it. Yeah, they can't handle it. You gotta walk on eggshells around them the entire time because they'll throw a childish temper tantrum. You know, they're like adults, so they're man children, right? Man children. They're explosive, volatile, manipulative, uh, borderline, dysregulated, um, violent, right? Threatening, um, very intimidating, shaming, guilt tripping, gaslight. It's all. It's it's a huge mess. And um, the most abusive, harassing, and neglectful parenting you could find. Um, but it's actually quite common. Um, disappointing, right? And so what ends up is like, as a child, myself being an example, but there are many other people, including some of my friends. Like, that's how I find a lot of my friends anyways, right? They are people who have experienced these things, and we can't really connect over it. 
over the struggles that we've had. Um, one of them is a priest, is a reverend now. Another one is unfortunately in a relationship where he's managing everything on his own. Uh, it's all different walks of life, really. But um, in either case, something that many one of the many things that we share in common is that if we do, if we allow ourselves to express ourselves fully and truthfully for what we feel and what we think, our ideas, and communicate ourselves as we are, we are punished, hurt, maimed, tortured, insulted, you know, neglected, abused, beat, spanked, uh, for being just naturally as we are. So then we had to wear like this sort of appeasement. It's almost like we have to also be wearing a mask the same way that our guard, our guardian, our birth givers had to wear a mask. They wore a mask in such a way that they would hide all their awful tendencies and dangerous behaviors and patterns of abuse and harassment and neglect from the public. And only when they're inside the household, they take off that mask and they do all these horrible things to their spouse as well as to their own children, biological children. I refer to these birth givers as children themselves. Because then the actual child has to sort of walk on emotional eggshells, trying to be the emotional parent sometimes for for the actual quote-unquote biological parents. Um, and so it's, it's very twisted. It's a very broken dynamic. Um, again, you are definitely punished. You are punished for being you. And parents convey those messages unconsciously all the time. Not because they mean to. Not because they don't leave, love the child. Not because they're debatable. <laughs> In the moment, I can tell you that the anger is very real. But um, I can say that there are definitely what Gabor is saying. There's a lot of cases where the guardians or the, you know, I can't say that, that word. That's really difficult for me to say. But I will say that there's a lot of birth givers who, who hurt their, who actually, you know, they're, they are actually parents. They can actually love, but they express it the wrong way. But the result is still the same as if it were just somebody who had so much malice for their own, for their own children. Um, the behavior is ultimately the same, despite whether or not they have, regardless of whether or not they have an inherent love that is persistent, or a love that is transient and floats between hatred, irritation, frustration, um, outrage. They're not trying to do their best. That's the latter is basically what I experienced, right? The love was not persistent at all. It wasn't even, it was fleeting. It was fluttery. It was, it was fake even. It felt fake in a lot of times. But because they themselves are suppressed or traumatized or hurt or stressed. So I conveyed that message many times to my children, believe me, without any conscious desire to do so. In fact, it was the very opposite of what I wished to convey. But that they're not acceptable the way they are with their emotions the way they are, that's the message my kids got when they were small. And most children get that in our society. And what does a child do with that? So I like this excerpt here. So I know I'm pausing like really often because it's like this is exactly the kind of stuff that I contended with, right? And that is a major part of my, I guess, skill set and experience. I really like that he, he outlines very clearly that the birth givers don't necessarily want to do this um they're broken individuals themselves like i said these birth givers are just adult children they are children who never actually matured properly um and most don't right i mean you can't expect that because this is a very cruel tragic and difficult world to live in 
So very many people grow up, I would say the majority grow up with a huge slew of developmental issues. Lots of major catastrophe and crises, right? We have alcoholics and smoking and, you know, single parents, uh, sometimes parents who are orphaned, I mean, kids who are just orphaned and they grow up to be parents. They have their own kids, then they don't know what it's like to actually properly have a, a genuine family. So then they're trying to do that without any experience. And then others are in war-torn countries. Some of them have lived in poverty their entire life and become adults and then had children, right? That's definitely, and then, you know, that's an example of my birth givers too. So, and then others have been in, in religious cults almost like, so for example, one of my friends, uh, the one I spoke about as a reverend, had an experience where essentially his uh, biological guardian, again, his, you know, was essentially like a cultist figure, very, very, very incredibly oppressive so con so controlling you could not breathe it'd be three four five hour lectures very similar to my experience he just like kept his own child biological child i re i referred to this man to be a child himself but his biological child in a prison cell and uh you know all throughout the only form of entertainment my my friend told me uh this reverend is essentially him and his sister would basically rewatch the same two, three films over and over again, not hundreds, but thousands of times until they could catch and memorize every scene because that was the only form of entertainment they had since their biological guardian here, who is like this very dictator, dictator, dictatorship, authoritarian figure, which was you know so explosive and aggressive and borderline dangerous. Um, ironically did not allow them to do anything in life that involved anything to do with general happiness or joy because he considered that to be a form of religious sin go figure and uh this is not a this is not me bashing a religion because religion can be great i i actually quite love religion learning about religion about christianity about buddhism but uh that's an, just an example of one way that uh, things went sour. My way was was only partially that. Even my birth givers were Buddhist. So it goes to show how damaging and uh, how varied the causes can be. And that, in fact, you know, there is going to be a history, as Gabor Mate mentions, as to why, say, the father of my friend behaved the way that he did. Perhaps he was raised in something even more cruel. I could expect that. You know, we're talking about the 60s and 50s. You could say that at the time, religious extremism was not extreme for the time it was normal just like beating your kids with a belt back then was just normal right different standards different time and back then you would never have considered these things to be mental illnesses you just say that's just how it is right and we know better now but they didn't know better then and in my case of course my guard my birth givers came from a third world country where it was war-torn overtaken by communism right so again it makes a lot of sense that these birth givers are not appropriate parents. They don't know how to be parents. In fact, they behave like children, even though they're like 30, 40, 50 years old. However, um, you can't really fault them. I mean, maybe fault is the wrong word to use is what I would say, right? You might want to hold them accountable, but playing blame games is not going to help. What's important is that you recover. And I hope, I think this is where he's moving towards. So let's take a look at what he has to say. So I had a lot to say myself, right? Like it's too much. 
But if I give up my attachment for the sake of authenticity, I lose my relationships on which my life depends. Therefore, there's no question. What becomes suppressed is our authenticity, our emotion. Not knowing yourself. How many times are we told that if you want to be successful in life, you have to know who you are so that you can guide yourself in the right direction? That you can't allow other people to tell you what to do, where to go, what to work as, what your beliefs are, what your passions are, what your plan or strategy is, because they'll always be serving somebody else. And usually a plethora of people will be striving for your attention. So you'll be distributed and dispersed and broken into many, many little shards completely scattered against the wind, against the whims of other people. And you'll be wishy-washy and basically be jumping from person to person, each of the priorities, instead of focusing on a singular point, a singular goal, a singular passion, a singular direction, which is simply your own. And that leads to success. Right? So authenticity. Emotions. And then... We become 25 and 30 or 35, 40, and we don't know who we are. <laughs> but that's exactly what happens to our guardians, right? And to our birth givers, to the quote-unquote adult children, right? It's hard to say otherwise, you know. Eventually, you could say that the people who are on the receiving end, these unfortunate children, eventually, if not addressed, will become the same dysfunctional birth givers if they decide to have children. And then the cycle will repeat. So the cycle of abuse continues. And somebody asks us, what do you feel? You say, I have no idea. And how many times we've all had the experience of having an inkling of a strong gut feeling, but we're ignoring it? We're ignoring it and we get into trouble? Well, that tells us what happened. What happened was that at some point we found out it was too costly for our attachment relationships to be in touch with our gut feelings. So then it becomes our first not our first nature, but our second nature, to suppress our feelings, to lose touch with ourselves, and to suppress our gut feelings. And then we pay the cost later on in the form of addictions, mental illness, or any range of physical illnesses. Basically what I'm experiencing now. <laughs> of course, I'm, on, I'm very high into the recovery stage now, but I would say like the past couple of years, I was very heavy into that. I paid the heavy price of not being, not being fully true to myself of being basically locked and bound in chains and shackles and binds and you know all sorts of mental limitations and physical physical consequences that manifest from it. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely true to the whims. Um, suppression is true to the whims. You lose yourself. But it all began with this tragic conflict that children should never be confronted with but are all the time between authenticity on the one hand and attachment on the other. Uh, and even as adults. Fortunate, I think, are this generation. Um, I think they're almost kind of spoiled, to be honest. Um, but also, I, I'm happy for them, to be honest. <laughs> I have to be. Um, I'm re I have some mixed feelings nowadays because these same people, because they don't understand these children who grow up in this generation who don't understand why it's so difficult to be authentic for the pe for the previous generations because they don't share the same hardships uh, especially growing in the digital age everything is so open i remember to learn about just to even become self-aware and to learn you had to walk to the library and look for the right damn book 
on a catalog library that was slow as shit from dial-up and you wouldn't even do user so you would just sift through physically manually for information and you were limited to the selection of books that you had and that's about it and most people don't go to the library until they're they're adults really um unless they have like a research project at school so authenticity now is like become a buzzword it's a trending phenomenon but back then it would have been like an epiphany for people to be like oh I should be authentic to myself and what does authentic mean and what are the what are the what what does it mean to be fully true and genuine to oneself I think this generation really takes it for granted that they can that they understand these basic things it's all it's laid we laid the groundwork the foundations to to essentially acquire authenticity early in your early life we wanted our children to be authentic we want our younger siblings to be so that's why we work so hard for this um and we haven't been able to for many of us have not been able to find the authenticity ourselves it's too late for us but that's why i have mixed feelings because this new generation takes it for granted and then they unfortunately come and i've been subject to a lot of ridicule and i know that a lot of other people i observe it on the trains on the public transit all the time out in the public sphere 13 14 18 year olds who don't know what they're doing right laughing at the poor homeless dude uh beating stabbing um like i could sometimes i can't even believe the self-entitlement of this the, the 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 obliviousness the cruelty that children are able to perform i was just talking about how adult children who are dysfunctional can do huge major damage to the biological children in that case those biological children were like you could you could say like they were the ones who were suffering but if you have spoiled children who don't experience any hardship on the opposite extreme for example who have this absolutely zero sense of the understanding of abuse they've never been abused or harassed or bullied in their life and they've just been given everything on a silver platter maybe they experienced for the first time and then they recoil and they're like how how can this possibly happen that's that's uh there's no way that this can that i should have to deal with this and yet the previous generation has to deal with so much of this it's so they know how to deal with it and they know it's difficult um but because of the obliviousness and the naivety the next generation grows up completely blinded to their own actions and the damage that their own actions do to others when they go ahead and ridicule and mock and laugh at people who are essentially having difficulties making compatible their authentic real genuine self and the masked suppressed attached self it's not even the self is the selfless for their abusers for their neglectful birth givers so this dichotomy is very difficult for basically silver spoons you could say to understand the dynamic and i think that's a, that's a real shame and that's why i have mixed feelings because at one point in fact most of my life i was like oh i worked so hard in fact trying to release these resources this project was based off of me trying to get this information out there and help the next generation so that they don't have to go through the same struggles that a lot of my peers and i had to and yet once it's been accomplished and i didn't even contribute that much to it at all 
in fact, it was completely, it just came by because time went by and a lot of professionals produced all this content. For example, Gabor Matei. And then I find myself suddenly being ridiculed by the same people, mocked, laughed, directed with anger, um, contempt, harassment, by the very people that I wanted to, at one point for a very long time, wanted to support. I wanted to help them myself. I wanted to provide the resources and sort of allow them to not experience the hardships that I had to because I just care. Um, and so it's like a massive, almost societal betrayal. And this happens, it's not just particular to myself or my peers or my generation. Every generation is going to experience this because every generation will be a new revolution, a new dichotomy, another trend, another clash political, social, whatever. And the learnings and lessons from one that were revolutionary and very modern and novel discoveries will become lost in its novelty, but rather become basic common knowledge for the next generation, the pre for the predecessors. Sorry, not the predecessors, but for the progeny, the next generation who will take it all for granted, not understand why it was so difficult, right? And then they will, there's be this upheaval, this conflict again, this, you know, conflict really. And uh, that's where my mixed emotions come from because recently I've been subjected. I feel like I, this is the stuff I want to give you because I, I care. And yet you're making fun of me for not having it. And uh, it's quite disappointing. So anyways, authenticity and attachment. And uh, I see there's only 18 seconds left, but I have to probably end this video now because this was so good. Uh, it brought so much out of me. So many people. This video also, I think we should finish the subreddit, but um, and that's why. are suffering because they want to be themselves, but they're afraid to be because they know, or at least they fear that if they're themselves, they're going to lose important attachment relationships in their lives. So that one hit very personally, clearly. 700K, MD specialist, trauma, trauma. And uh, he's so good at what he does. I'm gonna leave a comment here, of course. Personally speaking, honesty and the, the uh, ability, the ability to self-reflect. Honesty, I don't have to say personally, I think a lot of people value this, but honesty, the ability to self-reflect, to reflect on oneself, reflect on oneself, oneself and admit the sh their own shortcomings shortcomings 
is one one uh, honesty to r are you know like among the most important important traits you know character traits I find admirable and should be passed on passed should be taught from generation to generation generation to the next get more mate personally personally speaking is I find an amazing example an example this kind of person and a person he's not perfect but he doesn't have to be you know he's not perfect perfect and he doesn't have to be have to be just just be candid and honest enough to communicate your mistakes so that others and yourself won't find won't be repeating won't repeat them in the future Self and their own shortcomings. Yes. So I'm just copy that, paste over here. Honestly, I have to end this video. Um, that was so much. That was so heavy. You know, so much, so heavy. Um, All right, let's close it. Put this to a close. Um, I'm supposed to probably kickstart a like for all of these, but I'm just gonna get rid of it. So back to Reddit. Okay, I feel like we should uh, wrap up this subreddit at least because uh, we started here and we didn't really go anywhere if that's the case. So this is a very long subreddit. Uh, shit. But that's because it's more like a guide. And uh, what is depression? Looks very familiar. Good. So we can knock this off as well. It's the same thing. Cool. We also finished the Gabra Mate reaction and we can kind of edit that out. So continue, we want to finish this completely. So this is going to be a very long video for the patrons. Um, 